Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. So this month, we will be talking about air service development and how Knoxville was successful in their attempt to bring in an Allegiant Air Base. And we'll learn more about what a base is and what that means to our community throughout the month. But today, we're going to start with an interview with Jim Evans, our Vice President of Air Service Development Marketing. Hi, Jim. Hi, Becky. Welcome to our studio. <laughs> Hi, Caitlin. This is actually not the first time that Jim has been on one of our podcasts. We we did a podcast a year ago, maybe, about Air Service 101 and, and what all it takes to recruit air service. So if you haven't listened to that one, we recommend doing so. So this isn't it the It was basic. the best one ever. Yeah. Was um, it? It was, yes. I think it was. It was funny. I enjoyed it. You I should laughed. Have. I cried. <laughs> I encourage everybody out there in podcast land to go look it up and, and watch it. Watch and- it. <laughs> you won't see very much, but you'll hear a lot. Right. It'll be good. Anyways, vote for so- <laughs> it is the best podcast ever. Okay, good. Do all that. <laughs> so today, with that being said, we're not going to focus on the basics of air service development because we've done that in previous podcasts. But do give us a snippet of what air service development is in regards to the recruitment of Allegiance Base. Well, air service development really translates into profitability for an airline, whether it's Allegiant or Delta or American or whoever, fill in the blank. The whole key is demonstrating that they can make money at our airport. Knoxville, Tennessee doesn't always pop up at the top of the list amongst sexy cities that some airlines are looking at. That's my job to get it up at the top of the list. To make us sexy. Yes. Yeah, baby. (laughs) So... So it's, a, it's an education process. It's a data process. Run involves a lot of numbers. There's a sales element to it, convincing them to do something that maybe they hadn't planned on doing. But at the end of the day, if a potential new route or a potential new airline can be profitable in our community, then it's on us to tell that story and convince the carrier that this is where they need to be. And so in the case of Allegiance Base, we were able to successfully tell them this is a place they need to be and could make money if by putting base aircraft here. What exactly is a base? What does that mean for people who are not in the industry? And Allegiant is a little unusual in what they call a base. In the world of Allegiant Air, a base is essentially a mini airline. In our case, we have two Airbus A320s that spend the night here every night where they are serviced by Allegiant mechanics and technicians who clean the planes, do routine maintenance on the aircraft, cater them, put Cokes and you know snacks on board to be ready to go for the next morning. And first thing in the morning, these two airplanes take off with locally based flight crews. The pilots and flight attendants live here in the area. They fly around all day. They pass through McGee-Tyson Airport several times during the day. And then in the evening, they come home to land. And the process repeats. So the planes stay here, the pilots and the crews go home, the mechanics come to work to take care of the airplanes. 
So if you think of it as a two-airplane airline based here at our airport, that's kind of the way this works. So it takes about 100 people in the community to take care of these two airplanes. From the airport standpoint, having the planes here translates into a lot more Allegiant Air flying. More frequency. More frequency and potentially more new markets in the future. Well, that's all good for us. That's good for our listeners and for the passengers who travel through Mickey Mm -hmm. Tyson Airport. It is. It's great for the local community because we'll have more flights going to more places. It's great for the local tourism business because there will be an opportunity to bring more people from other places to East Tennessee. You know, a lot of Floridians come here already to go on vacation and to visit. So the based aircraft will be able to let more people come experience East Tennessee. So it, it really is, it's a win for any way that you, you look at it. So we're very happy that we won. So whenever that announcement was made, I think it was this summer, what all has gone into that behind the scenes? As an airport, what have we had to do to make sure that our facility is ready for these two based aircraft? There's been a lot of construction going on behind the scenes, not something the public would really notice, but a lot of maintenance facilities have had to be constructed underneath the concourses of the airport. There have been tremendous amount of, of new supplies brought in to stock the, uh, the new base operation. People have moved here. There's been realtors involved, and it's been just a lot of moving parts going all at once. And it's sort of like, you know, you watch them build a new shopping center or a new department store or something, and it's mass chaos right up until the time they open the doors, and then it looks shiny and new. Well, Mm -hmm. that's what we have been dealing with. So a lot of airport people and a lot of Allegiant Air people have all been scurrying around for the last three or four months trying to get their facilities built. And with about a week to go, they got them finished, and now everything's running great. Well, good. When we were looking as a community to try to recruit Allegiance Base, because this isn't the first place that they named as a base. There are other cities that have. So we knew it was a possibility for our market. How did you determine who to partner with and how to make us more attractive from an air service development perspective? The first people that we reached out to were all the local tourism groups. And pretty much every city in our East Tennessee region has a Convention and Visitors Bureau or a tourism office. The state of Tennessee operates an office. There's a regional group. So there's a lot of people who are very interested in how do we bring more people to Tennessee to vacation. So We were very successful in telling the story about the Allegiant opportunity to some of these folks, and they all embraced it. Uh, We were able to put together a very strong partnership of these tourism groups who are committed to helping Allegiant promote the Smokies, Knoxville, East Tennessee, in whatever markets they elect to do so. They're excited. The Allegiant people were looking for community support like that is one of the decisional factors before they selected us. We owe a great debt to the uh, tourism partners that have been very valuable in, in making this base a reality. We've been able to look at what has happened in all of these other base cities, and that's why we're very confident based on what has always happened in other Allegiant bases that, that we can expect some pretty significant growth in the not-too-distant future. So when doing air service development and recruitment for a base, how is that different than doing it for a flight or a new airline for our community? Well, we've been fortunate here that East Tennessee has embraced Allegiant. They've been serving our market for about 12 years. The Allegiant operation is a little different than other airlines. They just operate slightly differently. And 
it takes a little while to figure out how Allegiant does business. And once our community figured that out several years ago, we've been one of their most profitable airports on their entire system. Everything that they have flown here has been successful, so we've developed a very, very strong track record. There are no worries about the community not flying Allegiant. They were already flying them, and they want to go to more places. And it's a cyclical process that the better you do, the more flights you get. When those do well, you get more. And using an analogy, 12 years ago, we kind of crawled, and then we started walking. And the last few years, we've been running and with the new base operation with these airplanes that live here, we'll be running really, really fast oh, before too say, long. We're gonna fly. We're gonna fly. <laughs> that was very good, Caitlin. Thanks. Yeah. Make a note of that. Okay. Oh, we will. All right. She's very penny. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of us crawling to walking to running, we have seen this year record breaking numbers here at McGee Tyson. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, this year we have seen record-breaking numbers here at McGee-Tyson Airport. How original. <laughs> Thank you. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to last year first, 2017. We missed serving 2 million passengers by 12,000 people in 2017. We wow. were on track for our first 2 million passenger year ever, and we just barely missed it. And in terms of what does that mean we missed it by about two or three days worth of travelers. So there were a lot of hurricanes and things in 17, but even though we didn't get our 2 million, it was still a record year. So we've been going with double digit growth here for two and a half years. Every month has been an increase. I think we'll be up to our 29th consecutive month of growth. So as we enter 2018, the growth curve has continued. We've been up 10 or 12% every single month of 2018. So if the trend continues and barring natural disasters and hurricanes and things like that, we should be on track to handle about 2.2 million people this year, which will be an all-time record for the airport again. So back-to-back -back annual passenger activity records. And knock on wood here, of course, we're right on track where we need to be. I would love to say that that is only us at the airport, but pretty much all airports are doing really, really well right now. The economy's booming. People are flying. We're in the upper curve from our peer airports with our growth, but everybody's doing well. With the, the Allegiant base coming online, there's no reason to believe the growth won't continue into 2019 as well. So depending on how much Allegiant grows here, 2019, we should be pushing two and a half, maybe three million people going out of this airport. So oh my gosh. great growth. Make sure you get to the airport at least two hours prior to your scheduled departure, because this has so much implication. When you see passenger growth like this, we are seeing it even now in the infrastructure of our facility. We have to stay ahead of the curve and plan for those people coming through. But when you grow as quickly as we are, you're seeing some of that change. So as we continue to grow, just please continue to monitor how the progress of the airport's going so that you're a better a seasoned traveler when you come through the airport too. Yes. We are aware that there's going to be some longer lines than we would like. We're aware that parking may become kind of tight at times on peak periods out here in the airport is trying to find ways to solve these problems. But with such rapid growth, it takes a while to get some of the infrastructure improvements funded and built. So we're going to have to manage it as best as we can in, in the next several months. Please be patient with us as we continue to grow. They're all good problems to have. Yeah. 
but you won't be able to come to this airport 30 minutes before your flight and get on the plane Mm -hmm. like you have been able to do in the past. But, you know, increased passenger numbers, hopefully, like you've talked about, does mean increased flight frequency, increased destinations. So, And if they're coming to us, too, it means more dollars in our area being spent on hotel, on our amusement parks, on our restaurants, and our businesses. We may be sending out a lot of people, but we're also taking them back in. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the growth is not just Allegiant. American is putting a lot of new service into the market. Delta is growing. Frontier is adding more service down to Orlando, and they'll be flying to Denver this winter. United is putting larger airplanes in. So everybody is growing. I mean, kind of the the cliche is a rising tide lifts all boats. So when the airport starts doing well, everybody at the airport sees an uptick in business. And it's great for us. It's great for the community to have more flight options, both inbound and outbound. But it does put a bit of a strain on our current infrastructure until we're able to find some ways to expand it and put more airplanes in the same amount of space that we're using right now. And we just recently launched a podcast episode about our airport master plan and how our engineering department plans for these increased numbers. So little plug for if you haven't listened to that one, be sure to do that too. Because we don't plan in a vacuum. We plan based on passenger numbers and milestones plus other things. But a good indication of our projected growth is the number of people who come through our facility. And it triggers different things, like you said, in capital improvements and developments. But sometimes that takes a few minutes to get to get that up and going. Well, planning is is not a black and white thing. When when you do planning, you look at trends and it's like, okay, you've been if you've been historically growing at 3% a year, we'll just assume you're going to grow at 3%. And then one phone call from someone like Allegiant saying they're going to drop a bunch of new airplanes in here, suddenly your projections are all wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, you just got to look at it relatively. So, yeah. And again, it, these are all good problems that we're facing. I'd rather be worried about too many people in the building at certain times than no people in the building right. at certain times. <laughs> so true. it's just it's going to lead to a little bit of adjustment in the way people pass through this airport. And we apologize for any delays that you may experience. I'll be honest with you, first thing in the morning, if you're on a 5 or 6 a.m. flight, there may be some challenges getting through the TSA checkpoint, so please come out as early as you can. The rest of the day, it's it's not too bad, but that early morning, that first flight launch Mm -hmm. is going to be a little tough on, on some days. Yeah, the airlines are even helping with that by opening their ticket counters earlier to better accommodate the guests that come in. So especially that early morning push when we have so many flights going out the same day, since the Legion now is going to have those morning departures because we're feeding those planes into the system as their base partnership. So, right. And so how many seats are on an Airbus? 177. So you're adding that many more people? Times two in the morning. Exactly. Kind of the difference with the Allegiant schedule is when we were not a base – the airplanes that we got came out of a base. By example, we would have a flight from Orlando that left there at 7 a.m. and we'd get up here about 8.30 and turn around and go back to Orlando at 9.30. So they had nobody on the ground here from 5 a.m. till, say, 8.30 in the morning. Now, this is already the busiest time for the airport because everybody else had a bunch of airplanes on the ground. So Allegiant just wasn't part of that mix. Now the Allegiant airplanes will be here. They will leave Knoxville between 7 and 8 a.m. So with two of them, we've got another 350 people that are being added to the already busy uh, time of the morning for us. So 
it's something we're just going to have to work through. TSA has been very good about helping us with some alternatives to expand the capacity and move people through the checkpoint quicker. We do encourage, if you're not a member of TSA PreCheck, and if you fly a few times a year, it's well worth the $80 mm-hmm. that yeah. it cost. Uh, well, and we're going to have years. a yeah, surge event sometime in yep. the next coming months. So make sure you look for the advertising for that to get signed up. A surge event is where you can actually sign up here at our airport to be a part of that pre-check program. Yep. Pre-check's great. And it will get you through the checkpoint a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So. Well, good. Well, as someone who's done air service over the years for our facility, where do you see air service going? What are the biggest challenges that you face in recruiting people to our community? We're fortunate that East Tennessee is a very strong, vibrant region. The story that we tell to airlines all the time is we focus on our corporate community. You know, and all the big corporations are here, Pilot and Regal and whichever ones you want to list, the Discovery Channel, all those guys. We've got a very, very large, robust government presence with the University of Tennessee, with TVA, with Oak Ridge, with Y-12. And we also have one of America's top 10 tourism destinations in the Great Smoky Mountains. So a lot of communities that we compete with might have one or two of those segments. Very few have got all three. So we've got a a good story to tell. So that kind of lays the foundation for our story to everybody. Now, the airline industry kind of dictates whether that stuff matters to an airline. Right now, there is a very severe pilot shortage, particularly for the regional carriers, the the small jet operators. So communities smaller than us are probably in danger of losing some of their flights because we're about to run out of pilots. Long story short, more pilots are retiring than are in the pipeline to replace them. So at some point, there's going to be a pretty significant gap. We don't think that's going to impact us here very much, if at all. It actually might not even be a positive for us. If some of the smaller airports start losing some of their service, those airplanes that are left may be diverted into larger airports like ours. But that's something that we have no control over as an airport. That's an industry problem. We just try to tell the good story to everyone that we can tell it to. There are some carriers that say, hey, that's great. We have no interest in East Tennessee. We're focused on Hawaii or we're focused on the Caribbean. If we ever get around to your part of the world, we'll keep you in mind. We hear stuff like that a lot. But our incumbent carriers that have built a track record here, and I would include Allegiant in this, they see what they can do. They're profitable here. goes back to what I said mm-hmm. earlier. This is all about profitability. Mm-hmm. So if they're making money here and they're being supported by the community and they have a good customer base, they will continue to grow. Well, speaking of growth, we have now 22 nonstop destinations, right? Woohoo! Could you name them all? No, I'm just <laughs> Pop kidding. quiz, hot shot. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. If I had a piece of paper, I could write them all down and make sure because I always leave out some. But yes. We, we have a lot. We do have a lot. And can you talk a little bit about our top destinations and the top markets that people travel to from here? Sure. Historically, Florida has been one of our strongest markets. Metro Orlando has been number one for many, many years. Chicago has been very strong business travelers. It, it's kind of interesting. Metro New York, and I would lump all three airports into this, JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark, has been in our top 10, but it's not been up near the number one spot. A year and a half ago, Allegiant started flying to Newark nonstop. It was our first low fare service to the New York area. Their fares were matched by United Airlines, who also flies to Newark. 
And the result of the cheaper fares is the volume to Newark skyrocketed to the point where Newark is now our number one market out of this airport. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So more people go to Newark than go to Orlando, which is great, but it just demonstrates what low fare service mm-hmm. will do. Now, I will say there's a lot of people that are loyal United Flyers are saving a lot of money because Allegiance in the market. Now, quite frankly, if Allegiant doesn't see enough business to New York, you know, there's no reason for them to continue to fly that, and your United fares will go right back up. So we're not advocating one versus another, but if you want to keep cheap New York fares, uh, remember why the New York fares went down in the first place. Speaking of that, American is adding LaGuardia service. They are. In February. February 14th. Just in time for a romantic Valentine's Day Aww. dinner. They maybe see the heart on the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we'll have more New York service mm-hmm. going up there. And New York is just such a big place that there's there's so many people go up there for business. There's so many that go up to go to a play and just go shopping and have a good time. And with American, Delta, United, and Allegiant all serving Metro New York out of this airport, There'll be lots of ways to get there. Well, and speaking of that, can you talk a little bit about our percentage of travelers? What percentage is leisure and what percentage is business? Because we have a lot of both. Yeah, we have historically been in round numbers. used to be able to tell. You'd go out and count the guys in suits carrying briefcases, and that's a business traveler. But now in a casual world, everybody kind of blends in. Historically, we've been probably 70% corporate travel, 30% leisure travel. But with the growth of Allegiant and Frontier, we're having more and more in and out leisure travelers. So we're probably closer to 60 business, 40 leisure. And as Allegiant continues to add flights, that number is probably going to get closer to 50-50 in the years ahead. Because Allegiant is primarily a leisure travel airline. Allegiant is a leisure travel carrier. They don't try to really compete for business travelers. A business traveler really depends on flight frequency. The number one thing that they look for is, can I get to where I'm going and get back home quick? And Allegiant flies, in some cases, two or three times a week. The flight's time to appeal to vacationers going down. Las Vegas is a good example. Mm-hmm. They fly on Fridays and Mondays. So you can go to Las Vegas for the weekend because nobody really wants to go to Las Vegas on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, right. so they don't go. But they concede all the business travel to their competitors I'm not saying they don't carry any business travel, but that is not what their corporate strategy is. American and Delta and United, on the other hand, it's all three or four flights a day to every hub, so you can have a lot of options to move around. Right. So in closing of our podcast today, I'd like to ask, where do you see air service for the industry going, and what big changes could people expect that could possibly impact our market? The big challenge is the pilot shortage right now, because if we as an industry cannot solve that, A lot of the small 50-seat regional jets are going to start being taken out of service because there will be no pilots to fly them. So the 50-seaters start going away. And here at this airport, we don't have that many of them left. Most of our airplanes have been upgaged. But the aircraft size is going to be a factor. You might have two 50-seat airplanes or even two 75-seat airplanes will be taken out of service due to pilot shortage and replaced by one larger airplane, maybe. The good news is you still have the service and on a bigger airplane, but you don't have the choices on the flight times. So that's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen with fuel. Fuel prices spike. That 
completely wrecks the profitability of, of any flight. That's out of our control. The economy, if the autonomy tanks, people quit flying. That's one of the first things that cut. But you just don't know. Historically, the airline business has been cyclical where it makes a lot of money and then it loses a lot of money and then it makes a lot of money. But there are signs that it may not be as cyclical as it has been. The airline business is making a lot of money right now, and, and they have been for several years. So the cycle may be broken. And as long as the, the industry is profitable, there's opportunity for growth. Our goal here at this airport is just to be positioned to take advantage of that growth. You probably won't ever see us with nonstop service to London or Frankfurt or South America. But, you know, there is some opportunity for some transcontinental service. There might be an opportunity to go to Canada. We certainly think there's some international opportunity down into the Caribbean or Mexico for vacation travelers. So we are a good size, efficient, popular mid-size airport. We're not Atlanta, we're not Chicago, we're not Los Angeles, but you know, we've got a good place in the network, and the airlines like us. We like to think that we're easy to get along with. The community supports us, so we think we're in good shape for the future. One last question. I think I, I speak on behalf of all of our podcast listeners here in East Tennessee. When are we going to get Southwest? We maintain an active dialogue with Southwest Airlines. We just visited with them not too long ago, and, and I'll be you know, honest, they are interested in our market for all the three market segments that I spoke of earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, for the past couple of years, their focus has been growing in the Caribbean and Latin America. In 2019, their focus as a corporation is starting service to Hawaii. Knoxville is not in any of those places. So despite what we think making a compelling case, we don't fit into their network strategy right now. Right. So we're waiting. We're waiting on them. They have not told us to go away, which they have told similar size airports that, yeah, it's not going to happen. So we're encouraged that we continue to talk to Southwest. And I really believe it will happen someday. It won't be 2019. It might be sometime after that. But again, one phone call could change everything. And you meet with, like you mentioned, Southwest. And it's not just Southwest. It's other low fare carriers, too. We meet with everybody. Anybody that will anybody talk to that us. Talk anyone to that will talk to us. We invite them to town. We take them to football games. We show them the Smokies. Again, we have a good group of local tourism partners that are always welcome to help us out if we need something. If we have a VIP coming into town and we really want to roll out the red carpet, one phone call, we can get that done. So it takes more than just the airport. It, it really does take a partnership of all of our tourism partners and our economic development people. And we're all working together with the same goals. So it's been working. Will it bring us Southwest? I certainly hope so. If it doesn't, it will bring us a lot of other stuff like the Allegiant Base. Mm -hmm. Allegiant Base is not something we're actively seeking. They brought it to us as an opportunity and we're able to jump on it. And here we are today. So this is the conclusion of our discussion with Mr. Evans today, and it leads us into our next podcast, which will be with Hillary Gray from Allegiant Airlines to talk about it from the flip perspective, from how an airline makes a decision on choosing an organization or an airport to place their resources. And that will be really interesting because she's actually the first airline representative that we've had on our podcast. Hopefully not the last. Hopefully we won't scare anyone off. Thank you, Jim, for joining us today, and we look forward to having you tune in to our next podcast with Hillary Gray from Allegiant Airlines. <laughs>